Good morning. How are you? That's good. Good morning to you who are watching online. For a number of weeks, uh, well, for a couple months, we've been doing uh, one week delay on our online broadcast just because um, we love our tech people and uh, doing the online or the live broadcast has been uh, challenging. So, um, but we figured for a Christmas present, we'd put the stress back on them and make sure that they uh, we're letting everyone in at the same time. So, those of you who are watching online, uh, welcome. We're glad that you're joining with us. And uh, we'll have to get uh, the um, GoPro out so they can have a picture of the whole room and then you can all wave and they can wave back and we'll pretend that everyone's together in the same room. So, are you enjoying uh, learning the Greek alphabet? Those of you who know what I'm talking about, uh, the, newest, uh, the newest variant of COVID, um, I'm sure is just filling you with hope uh, for this Christmas season. So I thought about doing a really good sermon on hope today, um, about hope over cynicism, but I figured, like, why bother? It's not going to do anything anyway. So, so instead, I'll just give you this one. Uh, hey, if you walked in, you saw uh, these booklets. These are our Advent devotional guides. Today is the first day of Advent. And isn't it appropriate that it's snowing, and if you don't like snow, move. Uh, you know, it's, we're, we're here in Canada, we should enjoy the snow when it comes, and I'm sure I won't find that funny in 30 years if I'm still around. Anyway, uh, you can pick these up, but I would encourage you, if you, if you enjoy the, the PDF version or electronic version, the the digital version of this Advent devotional, there's a section on each day that has a reflect and a, and a listen. And actually, if you hover over those on the PDF version, you can click on the link and it'll take you to a song. It'll take you to artwork that you can reflect along with the daily reading. Um, so we've often had a lot of these and they end up being, um, there's a lot left over. So we scaled back significantly on how many of these we bring in. And we do want these for those that uh, maybe just don't enjoy the digital versions or have more difficulty accessing that. So, but there are uh, some out there. If you would like one and you really want the paper copy, please help yourself. Uh, we do have the digital copies as well. And uh, in the sermon notes, if you go online, you can find the digital copy at the bottom of the sermon notes. And uh, if you need help, just ask, and uh, one of us will point you to that. It's beinchrist.ca slash advent, and you can find it there if you go to the Be in Christ website. So, um, December 22nd, there is a new movie coming out. It's not really a new movie. Hollywood doesn't make new movies anymore. They just recycle old ones. Uh, it's The Matrix, the new version of The Matrix. And so I thought, talking about hope today in this first week of Advent, we'd go old school and go back to the original Matrix movies. And I have a quote here for you. Hope is the quintessential human delusion, simultaneously the source of your greatest strength and your greatest weakness. From the movie, The Matrix, the architect of The Matrix speaking to Neo, if you are a movie buff. Uh, great movies, great scenes. Lots of philosophy if you enjoy that kind of thing. And I think people feel that way about hope. There are some that think hope is a delusion. And there are many who feel that without hope, uh, we're hopeless. 
Nietzsche was one of those people that felt like hope was a delusion. And he saw no use for it. But many other philosophers understand the value of hope and what it does for humanity. I have a friend, his name is Kurt Willems, and he has written a book called Echoing Hope. And uh, in this book, he talks a lot about how God enters into our world and enters into our pain and suffering and brings hope. And this is what Kurt writes about hope in this book. We all need hope. But the fact that hope exists at all is a reminder that things aren't right. Hope is born out of loss, inequities, struggle, and pain that point us toward a day when we will all be free from such burdens. And then Kirk goes on to quote another author who says, Hope gives people who appear powerless the wherewithal to survive, and in many cases, to thrive. Hope gives people who feel powerless the wherewithal to survive and even thrive. And I thought, wow, those are powerful words for a day when a lot of people are feeling powerless. I just read this weekend about Omicron and this new variant that now they're protecting us about. And you just think like, ugh. There were some other things I thought as well. And people feel powerless to do anything about this stupid virus. Parents with kids, sorry I said stupid. But it drives us nuts. And I, over the last months, have seen people's frustration levels rise because we feel powerless. And it's not just about the pandemic. There are many people who feel powerless about their financial circumstances. There are many people who are powerless right now because of whatever physical disease or ailment that's plaguing them. There are people who feel powerless about the condition, their emotional condition or their mental health conditions. There are many people who feel powerless about their relationships falling apart and their world crumbling around them. And it's into this powerlessness that hope does something. It sparks a light. But the difficulty we're facing is in our powerlessness. There's also a very easy path into cynicism. And as I've watched frustration levels increase in society, I've also watched simultaneously the cynicism Uh, that people are experiencing also increase. And I wonder if in this moment, the words of the Apostle Paul, a leader in the early church, writing to Christian people in the city of Rome 2,000 years ago in the first century, he wrote this letter, and it it was about what God has done for us, also about how God's bringing people together. And in Romans chapter 15, near the end of this letter, the Apostle Paul writes this, and I just want to read these verses for you. Because I wonder if maybe they speak something into the situation that we find ourselves today when we're thinking about and discussing hope. So chapter 15, verse 1, he says, We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. He's referring to the previous chapter and just uh, conflict in the church. Um, 
And he says, we shouldn't please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. And then listen to this. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. And may God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Jesus Christ. Then you can all join together with one voice giving praise and glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he goes on. So accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. And then in the next verse is he talks about Jesus coming as a servant to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. And Paul is saying what Jesus does is he's, he's bringing people together. It wasn't just for one special group of people. It was for everyone. And he quotes from the Old Testament prophets all about people putting their hope in Christ. And then this verse here, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just, as Paul's writing this, I'm like, oh, these are good words for us today. When we are feeling powerless in so many circumstances to be reminded of the, the need and the essence and the opportunity we have to place our hope in Christ. Now here's a funny thing. And I want you to just for a moment, and if you're here with somebody, just for a moment, and if you're at home watching as well, I want you to answer this question. What is hope? So turn to the person beside you, and just for a moment, um, if you're here by yourself, just keep processing. But if you're here with your family, we're trying not to do the mixing and all of that, but just talk for a bit about what you think hope is. If you're at home, what is hope? You can talk, it's good. This is where we have to cue up the like lovely background music as people are talking away. Hope is kind of a funny thing. It's hard to nail down a definition of what hope is. Because you might think, well, hope is being optimistic. Well, it's part of that, but there are a lot of pessimistic people who still have hope. And it's not just expectation. I mean, the season of Advent is a way of anticipating or, or expecting things, but hope goes beyond expectation. It's, it's kind of like that, but not so much. It's connected with trust. It's not just wishful thinking. And what's interesting, when you read about hope, when you read uh, what psychologists will say about hope or when you read what philosophers will say about hope, it's good bedtime reading to put you to sleep. What you'll discover is that there's no real consensus 
on what hope is. There's lots of good definitions out there. But there's no real consensus. Someone will put something out and another person will say, well, that's good, but... And then they'll have this conversation about all of this stuff. And when I sat there pondering and I realized... You know, this is another one of those words that we can use a lot, but it's a little bit challenging sometimes to kind of put your finger down on, on how to define this. And this is why I love what the biblical writers have done uh, in painting a picture of hope for us. They've done just that. They paint a picture. They tell stories. And the stories help us understand this concept. And so I wonder if... The stories that we have are one way of understanding and explaining what hope is. Rather than just a single definition that seems to fall short, we tell stories. So in Romans chapter 4, the Apostle Paul tells the story of Abraham. And he illustrates how Abraham put his hope in God. And it's through the story that we kind of grasp what's going on. But I do want to give kind of a definition, which may or may not be helpful. And it's from uh, an author named Curtis Holtzen who's written a book called The God Who Trusts. And in this, he quotes from a nurse who has written about hope. And her name is Rosemary Rizzo-Parse. And this is what she writes of hope. Hope believes that the desired is possible, even when highly improbable. So hope believes that the thing that we want to have happen is possible. It could happen. But much of life points to the realization that it likely won't or may not. It's improbable, but it's still possible. And, and when you read this definition, you're going like, oh, yeah, I like that. And then, and then some of you are going like, yeah, but. And that's this wonderful thing about hope. It's it's more than we can just put our finger on and tie a neat bow around it and put it in a box and say, okay, there, we've got it. So I think stories are a great way of explaining hope. And if you just think about some of the stories of hope that you're familiar with, you'll understand what I'm talking about. I also wonder if maybe instead of asking what is hope, if it's sometimes helpful to ask, when is hope? I know that's not grammatically correct. When do we hope? When you are at your highest, you are on the mountaintop, and everything is wonderful and amazing, and life couldn't get better. I get asked all the time now, Paul, how are you doing? And my standard response is, I'm living the dream. And then I'll say, I didn't say it was a good dream. But when you are at your best, hope is kind of in, in the background somewhere. It's when you're tumbling down the mountain and the valley's rushing towards you that we start to think about hope and we begin to talk about hope and we try to figure out hope. It's in the darkest times that hope shines brightest. There's this curious thing about hope, though. Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul is talking about how 
Jesus in his death and resurrection is restoring all of humanity and not just all of humanity, all of the cosmos. And he talks about how as sin enters into time and space, it corrupts all of not just humanity, it corrupts the entire cosmos. Sin destroys and it kills and it corrupts and it deceives and it makes a mess of everything. And sometimes I th- we probably feel like that's what's going on in our world. I want to read for you from Romans chapter 8. So several times throughout Romans, Romans chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 8, chapter 11, chapter 12, chapter 15, Paul is talking about hope. And in Romans chapter 8 at verse 23, as he's talking about all of creation kind of groaning to be restored to what it wants to be, Paul writes this, and we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. And we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he's promised us. And then this verse here, verse 24, we were already given this hope when we were saved. And then in brackets, he gives an afterthought. He says, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But we look forward to something that we don't yet have, so we must wait patiently and confidently. So there's this curious thing about hope. Hope requires patience. As you use the microwave to heat your breakfast and made your instant coffee and hit the drive through on the way here, and last night watched four shows in binge watching back to back and then you come to church and some schmuck up on the stage is saying yeah there's some things you need to wait for and tongue in cheek but the reality is we are not used to waiting because it's no fun to wait we want what we want now And there's this curious thing that there's a lot of elements of life that we would probably talk about as the most important parts of life. They don't come quickly. They require patience and endurance and waiting. And what I love in the Romans 15 passage that we just read is it says that God is the one who gives us patience. So I have good news for you. If the whole idea of hope seems distant for you and unattainable, um, it's possible to have the patience that's required. Just simply by asking for it. I want to tell you a story. Back in, it's a story that you know because you've been living it. Back in May... April, May, the, we started getting vaccinated. And then sometime around, I think it was around May, we started hearing stories of once we get to 80% of adults being vaccinated or people who could be vaccinated, once we hit the 80% threshold, um, we're going to be good. And so most people were moving into this past summer with the hope that 
once we hit the 80% threshold, we'd all be fine. And pandemic would kind of be over and it would peter out over the summer. And as we got into the autumn, we'd be back to normal. Dang it. <laughs> we all bought into the narrative that things were going to be okay and they weren't. And it's taking a lot longer. And as I said earlier, people's frustration levels have started to rise because the hope that we had in, in this solution has not panned out the way we wanted it to. The desired is probable, possible, even though improbable. And now as we move into winter, uh, there's a lot of people that are just going like, why bother? Hope requires patience. And that's a hard thing to have. And I've, I've watched the frustration level of people rise. And I'm, and I'm hearing it in people. I'm witnessing it uh, in people getting upset about the smallest things. Whether it's at the drive through or in the grocery store or in community settings like this. Things that normally we probably wouldn't feel too bothered about are just setting us off. And maybe you came from home today and you had a little blowout with whoever in your family and you're kind of like here, sitting here going like, I don't even know why that happened. It's because you're frustrated. Because you know that things shouldn't be this way. And as people of God, this is where we have the opportunity to really lean into hope. But here's the thing. Our hope isn't just in something getting better. And so I, I want to kind of bring this to, um, to a focal point here today in, in realizing that as followers of Jesus, our hope is not in some thing or some event or just some future state. Our hope is in the one who is going to create that. And so Paul is saying our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in God. And it's a hope that doesn't just lie dormant. It's a hope that leads to action. And this might be where some people will disagree with me because I think that hope is not just a feeling. Hope is not just a disposition. Hope is something that we do. Like faith. Faith isn't something that you just randomly have. It doesn't just happen to you. Although the Spirit of God can, can bring you to a place of faith. Love, love isn't just a warm, fuzzy feeling. Love is a choice. It's something that we do. And hope, I think, is a choice. In fact, I think in today's day and age where cynicism is on the rise, when we stand as people of hope, we defiantly stand against cynicism. And it's an act of defiance for us to say, we will hope. We will hope in the Lord. And in what he is not only going to do, but what he's doing right now. The Apostle Paul uh, several times connects faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. Sometimes faith, love, and hope in those orders. As he's writing letters to Christians. And I was thinking about why he ties these three together. And, and it may or may not be, be useful, but I think sometimes... When we think of faith, we put our faith in God because we've seen what he's done. 
And so faith kind of is oriented to the past, even though it's part of our present. And it doesn't mean that it's only oriented to the past, but faith looks back and, and sees what God has done. Love is something that happens in the present. When we choose to love, it is always in the present moment. And I think hope is future-oriented, even though it's connected to the present and the past as well. And so hope, in many respects, looks ahead to what could be and says, I'm going to move towards that. It may not happen, but I'm going to keep moving towards that. And it leads to action. So part of the power of hope is not just, not just kind of waiting patiently, because the thing that we're putting our hope in is really in the person of God and, and what he's doing in this world. And then we are choosing to participate with him in enacting what he's already doing. As you read through the scriptures and it talks about faith in Christ and it talks about putting our hope in Christ, it is very often tied to the resurrection of Jesus. And it's tied to not just the resurrection of Jesus, but the culmination, the restoration of all of creation, the resurrection that we are waiting for. The resurrection of ourselves, our bodies, the resurrection of all of creation. And here's this wild and wonderful thing. What Jesus is coming back to do, God has already begun. The work of recreation has begun already. And we're living in the midst of God recreating the cosmos. And the culmination of it is when Jesus returns. So we're not just waiting for some future uh, abstract state where we're removed from the earth and we live as, as spirits in heaven somewhere. The hope of, of Jesus is that he is recreating existence and it's already begun and it's referred to as the kingdom of God. And at the return of Christ, heaven and earth merge together and there's a new heaven and a new earth and that is the hope that we have is in the one who is doing that. And we begin to live out the expectation of that today by being his people, by being together, by doing the things that he has called us to. See, hope leads to action and hope is a defiant act against cynicism. And so my encouragement today for, for each of you and for you and for myself and my family is to choose hope over cynicism. And I know how easy it is to slip into just being cynical and saying, what's the point? Why bother? Why bother wearing your masks? Why bother distancing? Why, why bother getting together with people? Because the other thing that's happening is, is our worlds are getting smaller and we are retreating into our living rooms and our bedrooms. We're retreating into our screens and we have fewer and fewer contacts. And hope, hope is you sticking your head out the window and screaming, I'm not gonna take this anymore. I choose, I choose to put my hope in Christ and I choose others and I choose love and I choose faith and I choose 
going out, I choose not being afraid. That doesn't mean that we're not being careful. That doesn't mean that we have to just throw caution to the wind. But it means if we're following Jesus, we're embracing the opportunities in front of us to participate with God in the act of recreating what should be. And then hoping that Jesus is coming back to finish the work, to culminate it. Last thing about hope. This chapter 15 in Romans, if you look at the context of it, Paul is talking about Jews and Gentiles, and the hope that he's talking about is that somehow these people are going to be brought together as one people under Christ. People who are other to each other. You know what I mean by that? When you other somebody else. When, they, when you see somebody as an enemy. And I love uh, just some more reading. Uh, when we think about who's our enemy. I love this definition that I came across recently, which was an enemy is somebody that I perceive to be against me. And that kind of changes the way you think about enemy. And in the context of this passage, the hope we have in Jesus in restoring all things is also the hope that he's bringing people together. And the reason why I'm telling you that is because I am watching in churches and in communities and in political affiliations a huge polarization that continues to happen. And when we choose to put our hope in Christ, we are in an act of defiance saying, no, Jesus is about bringing people together. And so I'm going to work and step into this world of bringing people together rather than participating in whatever is lending to people being divided. And if there's anything that our world needs right now as, as the hope of, of the message of good news in Jesus Christ, it's that he's reconciling people, he's bringing them together. And there's an invitation for us today to put our hope in him for this, to choose hope over cynicism. So I wanna ask you a question, how can you do that? What does it mean for you to choose to be hopeful instead of being cynical? And I wanna encourage you to spend some time today answering that question. How can you choose hope? Because it's going to be different for all of you. So I don't want to answer that question for you. But I would love for you to have those conversations with people who are close to you. How will you choose hope over cynicism? Our hope is in Christ. And this is what hope does. I want to look at this last verse that Apostle Paul wrote. It's actually another letter that he wrote to another group of Christians. But he says, as we pray to God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds. Here's the faith, hope, and love trio. And the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Another way of talking about it is that your, your endurance inspired by hope. So I encourage you today, put your hope in Christ. Hang in there. And again, hope is not something that has to be done alone. We can be a hopeful people and we can encourage each other and inspire each other into being hopeful.
but it's a great antidote to the cynicism of our age. And it's, it's in the one who is and will continue to set things right. And I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about this Advent season and the opportunities that we have to be a people of hope and faith and love. Next week, we're going to talk about love, I think. Or joy or peace, one of those. So, so go today and choose hope. Let's pray. Against all hope, Abraham put his hope in you, God. And what he discovered is that you are a God who always proves himself faithful. May that be true for us. There are some here today that are hanging on to hope by their fingernails. And there are others who are full of hope. And as a people, we want to journey together without being judgmental or comparative. We just simply want to journey together, following you, Jesus, centering ourselves on you and choosing the defiant act of hope in this day and age. And for each one today, I pray that you would show them what it means for them to be hopeful. And we know if we put our hope in some things and they prove to be false, that it can just dash our hopes. And so I pray that you would also allow us to just be vigilant in directing our hope to you and knowing that um, there's just so much richness and goodness in placing our hope in you instead of others or in needles or in... The, the cash pot at the end of the rainbow or whatever it might be. May we be a people who are characterized by hope in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today. Um, yeah, next week we are going to, I'm pretty sure we're talking about uh, week two, we're talking about love next week. And when you're going out today, there's some sign-ups for the, the kettles at Walmart, uh, the MCC gift bags. If you're new here, a lot of people ask about the, the Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes. Uh, we partner with Mennonite Central Committee, and we do hygiene kits at Christmas time. And it's a bag that's filled with a lot of the same things, but even the bag is useful with MCC. And we've partnered with them for a long time, and we're collecting those over the next weeks leading up to Christmas, and you'll hear more about those. There's lots of opportunities for being involved in a variety of different things. And I just want to encourage you to hang out, chat with one another, meet somebody new today, visit, enjoy the snow, and be defiant today. Be hopeful. We'll see you next week.